how are you guys doing? Right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Queers Did That. I'm Katie, your lesser host. <laughs> You're not with me as always is my wife Amanda. You're not the lesser host. The lesser host? No. It's fine. Okay. This is a queer history podcast talking about things that people don't acknowledge a lot of times. Yeah, we wanted to do this podcast because the Freddie Mercury movie came out and there's a lot of stuff kind of missing from that story and, you know, whether I think it's interesting to talk about who he was and, you know, you can't really separate that from the AIDS crisis and his queerness and they seem to kind of, I haven't, we haven't seen the movie, full disclosure, (laughs) but it seems like they're separating the two. Before I forget... I want to thank James for creating our music for the intro and outro. Speaking of music, <laughs> um, you can find him at Gyoza King. It's G-Y-O-Z-A King. And that's his Twitter and his band camp. So I wanted to make sure I remembered that's what's happening. <laughs> music. <laughs> yes. So how much do you know about Freddie Mercury? Uh, not much. Just that, you know, he used to listen to Queen as a kid. Because of Wayne's World and headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody. That's actually how they gained more popularity in the States was because of Wayne's World. Makes sense. Yeah, they weren't super popular in the United States. I mean, they were popular because they were like a huge band. But they kind of like had that resurgence yeah. after Freddie Mercury died. Because it was a year after he died. That mm-hmm. movie came out. What was your favorite song as a kid? I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean... I can't think of... I mean, like, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah. And then, like, the We Will Rock You. Yeah. All but... The, all the good sports ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So it's funny because with Bohemian Rhapsody, how everyone's, like, thinks it's this, like, super deep song. Yeah. In an interview, at least when they asked him about it, he was like, it, words just kind of sounded good together. <laughs> oh. There's, like, actually no deeper meeting. He just wrote a song and everyone's like who's trying to dissect the song is like kind of just going after nothing apparently right so yeah not oh. really about anything oh okay just just wrote a song there you go did yeah. i ruin it for you no actually because oh, you know how i don't really pick up on lyrics of anything anyway so like i don't know the lyrics to the song so it's fine that's true which is weird <laughs> i weirdly also know all the lyrics to bohemian rhapsody because i was a weird child and needed to memorize lyrics and by was i mean um so <laughs> <laughs> moving on moving on frame mercury was born farouk balsara in farouk farouk yeah huh balsara um he's of parsi descent and he was born in zanzibar which is now tanzania and he grew up there in India before moving with his family to England in his teens. Mm. There was some revolutionary type stuff going on and they weren't too fond of people like him there. So they, they had to kind of flee to England. And so in 1970 is when Queen was formed when Freddie Mercury, because he Freddie was his American name. A lot of people have to do that. His American name or his his English, English name. name. Oh no, you're you're. What's that called when you're just like USA like centric? USA centric. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> it might be like American centric, nationalist. I don't know. We're, I don't let's know. not go down that road. Yeah. 
So this is English name. Right. His westernized name. There you go. There you go. I found it. <laughs> he found guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor, who've been was in a band called Smile. He was a fan of Smile. They, you know, got together and they wanted to form their own band. And then 1971, they found the bassist, John Deacon, which no one really remembers him, oh, but it's poor, fine. Poor guy. Yeah. So Mercury chose the name Queen for the band. And when they signed with Trident Studios, they were like, can you not hmm. be called Queen? And, you know, he was like, it's a regal. It sounds awesome. You know, it's a strong name. But, you know, universal. Um, people were not a fan of it and were slightly apprehensive of it because of the connotations of being gay. Gotcha. Obviously, he won that battle. And also, I learned something new. He was a graphic... He had a degree in art and graphic design, and he designed their logo. So when you see it on the album, it's called the Queen Crest, and it's on... The logo combines the zodiac signs of all four members, and the lines embrace a stylized letter Q, and so on and so forth, and then... The logo was overshadowed by an enormous phoenix. So he designed oh, all that. That was cool. him. Yeah. Now, obviously, it'd be easier to talk about Freddie Mercury's voice if we were allowed to use Freddie Mercury's voice. <laughs> but I encourage you all to look up things we mentioned on YouTube. We can't, obviously, play them. <laughs> but it was, you know, people studied his voice during his, you know, different performances. And they estimate that he had a four- octave vocal range Mm -hmm. which is i can tell you don't i have no idea what that means so a lot of people have it's very rare like you know especially if you have like a low voice you can do like go up a little bit and then like up a little bit maybe if you're a really good singer Mm -hmm. and he's was able to hit like four different octaves Mm -hmm. which is like super bonkers very rare does not happen very often like and so powerfully and successfully so you know and one of the things that was cool a lot of, in a lot of his performances, which, again, look up on YouTube, he used a broken microphone as his prop on stage. Like, it was half a microphone stand mm-hmm. and a microphone because in one performance he was singing and it broke off and he just, just like, carried around the rest of the show and <laughs> it was like, oh, I like this. So you see, like, in a lot of the concert footage and stuff that's on the internet, he has half a microphone stand <laughs> and he's walking around with it. Because that's what happened. Oh, that's funny. I mean, he's not playing piano. He's a super good piano player, like super in love with playing the piano, like soup, like just like a musician through and, and through. And one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube is the Live Aid performance, mm-hmm. which I would, if I was able to t- travel back in time for one event and not be able to change anything, like you no, know, like killing Hitler or whatever. Right, right. Experience one thing before I was born, it would be those twenty-one minutes hmm. because. It's just, and people consider it to be, like, some of the best, like, just performance that ever happened. It was just so crazy. Like, just so crazy good. And the thing is, he's so outgoing on stage and, so, like, can be flamboyant and all this stuff. And apparently a lot of, you know, when you're talking to other members of the band, he was very shy. Like, super shy. Right. Um, which is not something you would expect for, like, that type of performance. When it comes to, a lot of people think that Freddie Mercury was gay. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect. Mm. He had a very long-term relationship with Mary Austin, who he met through Brian May. They lived together for several years, but then he had an affair with a male 
record executive and they split but they still remained very good friends you know he wrote a lot of songs about her love of my life is is about her as Hmm. well so she's you know she always was like part of his life he left his house to her oh even though you know he was with someone else when he died but like everyone kind of just had this understanding of like mary was his person right so like you just don't mess with that so he never like came out came out so i'm not gonna like give him a label a label yeah but the dude wasn't straight which is cool and one of the things that's I think, again, not having seen the movie, that people have criticized, and I kind of agree with it, you, it kind of ignores the uh, homophobia that he experienced, regardless of him being out, mm-hmm. because he was so free and flamboyant on stage. And even things like in the I Want to Break Free video, they all dressed up in drag as a parody of the British soap opera Coronation Street. Mm-hmm. So for like English people, it was really funny. They were these characters... But in the United States, it got banned because it was kind of like, oh, they're in drag and that's him coming out and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. So, like, all the British fans thought it was hilarious. But then, you know, and in Europe, it was a song of, like, viewed as the anthem of resistance against political oppression. But, you know, in, it was banned in the United States. Rocks were thrown at him in Brazil Ugh. because they're like, ah, oh, it's it's a it's a gay thing i mean i mean kind of is but it's also like right this is what they were doing a parody like plenty of music videos since then with lots of of straight dudes have dressed up as women and it's super funny because they're straight right um, so that was kind of thing which was i'm i'm curious to see what if anything like touches upon that in the movie because that was right that was before the live i mean not just i want to break free video but just and all of that experience was before um the live aid because the movie ends with the live aid mm. performance that's mm-hmm. how they're getting around not having the hiv or aids in the story because like oh it's up until this point so oh i see yeah so that's how they're getting around it which like i get to a point yeah but you're not telling the whole story you can't tell the whole story you're just like completely erasing a giant like that's how he like he died from complications of AIDS and you're just not talking about that it's gonna be like a weird line at the end of the movie like yeah it might it's probably gonna be a really good movie it's just not gonna be a full you can't give a full look into someone's life you can't do that in a movie or anything which I get but at the same time it's it just seems odd to completely just cut that part out yeah but I mean, counterpoint, then I don't have to sit there and watch Freddie Mercury die. So that's good. Yeah, but at the same time, you're kind of like through the 80s, you're just kind of ignoring the history of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Reagan committed genocide against gay men. So yeah. that was happening during that time, too. So you're kind of also just ignoring that part of what was going on at the time as well. Yeah. I know it can't be about everything, but again, it's super important to his story. Yeah. And no, I don't want, like, a super <laughs> sad movie about that either, but at the same time, like, at least, like, if you're going to end it at Live Aid, mildly acknowledge it, maybe, hopefully. I hope well, they yeah, sort but of we, do. yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I hope they do. No. I'm not, not going to be holding my breath. But on a more lighter note, 
he loved cats. He was a total cat person. Oh. He had as many as 10 at one point, and he had an album and song dedicated to his cats. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Bad Guy. So he wrote a song about his favorite cat, Delilah. Delilah, Delilah, oh my, oh my, you're my, you're irresistible. You make me smile when I'm just about to cry. Um, you get away with murder, so innocent. Delilah, Delilah, oh my, oh my, you're unpredictable. And so on and so forth. Oh my. And then it's, you make me slightly mad when you pee all over my chip and tail sweet. Wait, really? Is that a lyric? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all of his cats were rescue, so adopt old shop. And another like interesting tidbit, which I thought was great, which I didn't know, was that there was almost a like a song between with Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury, hmm. but it didn't happen. I mean, they recorded it, but then it just didn't get finalized. The reason was because <laughs> it's just funny. Michael Jackson kept bringing his llama to the studio. Oh, and apparently. Mercury rang his manager and said, "Can you get over here? You gotta get me out of here. I'm recording with a llama." <laughs> it never was edited, but there's an album that came out, like a Queen tribute album, like different things that it's on because it was the song was re-recorded with Jackson and Mick Jagger, oh, okay. and on his album Victory. So the song existed with another English singer, <laughs> um, but Frank Mercury at other points said he was like a scheduling issue. But mm-hmm. his manager was like, it's, it was because of the llama. The llama, the yeah. llama, yeah. That makes sense. So it's like, you're like, oh, this song could be like, like two like powerhouses at that point. And it's just like, it got stopped by a llama. <laughs> and that's just, you know, it's weird. It is weird. And another thing with the movie, because it, Live Aid was 1985, and also in, 85, he began a long-term relationship with hairdresser Jim Hutton, mm-hmm. who lived with Freddie for the last six years of his life and nursed him during his illness and all that stuff. So you're also kind of mm. getting rid of, like, obviously we all know that he was queer in some fashion. Again, I'm not, like, attributing a label to him, but if you're cutting it off right before, I mean, obviously he was involved with other men and women before this, but at the same time, it's, like, this monumental person in his life and you're just like we're just gonna we're just, we're just gonna not do the gay part but you don't know if the if they're if that's in the movie or not but they're stopping at the live aid performance yeah but you said he was in a relationship at that point with him but he began 1985 the when relationship was, when was live aid 1985 so was it before or after the performance that the dude that he i don't know so <laughs> But but this is the whole like thing with movies, and I understand what you're saying. We haven't seen it yet. I get yeah, it. You can't be like railing against it when you don't know what happened. And I'm not railing against that movie, and specifically, it's more of if you don't show some of like the sad parts and the gritty parts and the not safe for work parts or whatever. It's this whole like glossing over like gay experiences, right? And something that was super important in the gay experience in the 80s, unfortunately, was AIDS. And you're just, it's its kind of just like, you know, just washing over the fact that buttload of people died. And one of those people had to be like one of the greatest singers of all time. Right. But like, do you know for sure that they are glossing over the AIDS crisis? I mean, I'm going to assume yes. I don't know for certain. But there's certain interviews and articles that kind of implied that 
they weren't going to touch it. Gotcha. So, I don't know. Well, eh. was, did Freddie Mercury, like, do any, like, was he, like, an activist? That in... was that was another thing. You Great segue. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> the, there was a lot of people who criticized him for not being an activist. In fact, he, a lot of people, like, figured it out, but he didn't actually announce his status until the day before he died. Oh. So, you know, he wasn't doing a lot of appearances. He looked very frail and fragile, and, like, people were like, you know, I think some, like, lab blood tests got, you know, were rumored leaked or whatever mm-hmm. but he didn't really say anything until literally the day before he died yeah and a lot of people have then and now like kind of criticized him for not speaking out and being you know an activist for that and speaking out against the crisis and about the crisis and i t- i get that i i do but i think i don't think because he was famous he had to do that as himself mm. And I think it's misplacing blame of people ignoring the crisis. Right. Like, it wasn't it wasn't Frey Mercury's fault that the AIDS crisis went ignored for that many years. Like, it, it just wasn't. Like, you're displacing yeah. blame. Like, you should look at, you know, the White House for that versus a singer in a super popular band. Yeah. And yes, it probably could have, like, helped people and, like, destigmatized it a little bit. And then they're probably, you know... It probably would have been good. Yeah. But at this point, it's like, it's all hypothetical and like conjecture. It's like, well, it could have, but maybe it, it wouldn't have, or maybe it wouldn't have done nothing or whatever. You know, it's, he was sick and like had a right to yeah, be he a, sick in peace. Yeah. And, you know, he, he just wanted to keep recording and recording. There was an interview with Brian May and apparently like in those like last like weeks, he was like, just write me more, write me more stuff I want to sing and and do it and you can finish it while I'm gone. Oof. You know, that's, I think he won, he just, he just loves music so much. And I think that's, you know, a part of what he just wanted to keep doing that because that was kind of his life. Right. So, you know, sorry that ended in a downer. Yeah, that's a downer. But I think it's important to talk about the downers, too. Like, obviously, we want to talk about, like, good things that happen in our history. But at the same time, like, not everyone in our history got a happy ending. And, like, it sucks, but, like, it's okay to talk about. We need to talk about these things. Because HIV and AIDS are still super stigmatized. People still have all these misconceptions about it. And, you know, especially our generation, like, our age. I'm 30. We're 30. I didn't... You know, he died when we were three. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anyone. You know, I, I saw something online. It's like, you know, you didn't know anyone gay in the 90s because they all died. And it was like, that really just like hit me. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that even within our community, people still have these like the stigma against people who are positive. And I think it's because we tried to like, that was terrible. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Which, obviously, there's a time and place. Like, we can't... That's not the only story. And I understand why people diverge from it. Because that was the only story for so long. But at the same time, ignoring it doesn't help people who are still struggling with it today. Yeah. And that's how I feel about that. So, those are things about Frey Mercury. I thought... Did you find it interesting? Yeah, definitely. So, what do you think Freddie Mercury's legacy is? 
I mean, I can speak from that, like, personally. I don't know, like, I mean, long term, I mean, you have, in part because of the Wayne's World movie, you know, you you introduced people our age, essentially, to Queen music. I've been listening to Queen, I think, almost my entire life. And, you know, they're still touring with Adam Lambert, which I'm not going to touch, but... But they're still going is the point. Like, they're still, like, even, like, they formed this band in 1970. Right. Been almost 50 years since, like, the music. Right. It's, like, it's been literally half a century since some of these songs have come out. And they're still so popular and so well-recognized. And obviously you have Bohemian Rhapsody and, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. But you have so much more of that catalog that is... If you know anything about Queen, you know those songs. It's super recognizable. That's just like, that's very rare. There are very few bands who get that type of honor mm-hmm. outside of like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or anything like that. For me, a lot of that music got me through a lot of shit. Right. So Don't Stop Me Now Oh yeah. got me through a lot, a lot. You know, Save Me. I mean... All of the hits. Fat bottom girls. Yeah. He, the <laughs> band can't be like super straight or gay. It's like you can't be completely gay and right about fat bottom girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's probably bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you would do. <laughs> you know, it, it just, I think his voice and that music and, you know, however silly the lyrics are or powerful the lyrics were or, or personal they were to him. It just, I think, it just resonated with a lot of people. And I think that's important. I think it's funny that We Will Rock You and We Are Champions are used in sporting uh, situations sometimes because it, it was sung by a, a queer dude and a lot of people in stadiums are not the most tolerant at times mm-hmm. and it's like you, i kind of want to have a little disclosure being like you can use the song but just so you know <laughs> he was a queer dude right and i i just think that's i mean he kind of just took the power of music and just amplified it mm-hmm. i think that's probably like some of the most important music in my life and i don't necessarily think we'll see anyone like that or come even close like vocal range and otherwise being able to Watching him perform on stage makes every other front person look terrible. Yeah. Like, seriously, if you watch a Live Aid performance and then see someone in a concert and you're just like, oh, they're just not as good. And, like, they can't. It's just because they're not, it's not the same, obviously, but uncomparable. And, like I said, I would give my left arm to watch those 21 minutes. Right. I'm left-handed, so I'm not copping out, just so you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, when I say that, people are like, oh, you're left hand. I'm like, I'm left handed. It's a big deal. Yes. Just to clarify this, okay? So TLDR, you love Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. He's my fave. I wish I could have been friends with him. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you were born in the wrong generation. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I used to say that. Please don't. <laughs> Born in the wrong generation. Well, that's our that's Freddie Mercury. That's our show, I think. Well, thanks, Mandy. It's, you know, I learned a lot more. I don't. I didn't know anything. I just assumed he was he was gay. I didn't realize he had relationships with women. Yeah, like that. Yeah, most of the like songs that were like "Love of My Life" and "Save Me" and all that stuff that they were about Mary Austin. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our show. If you want to 
give us any questions or feedback, you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com or you can tweet us at queersdidthat. And until next time, make gay history and make history gay. Bye. Bye. Make out with the mic. Well, don't.